Hello everyone and welcome to our spoiler review for We Crashed here on the Hollywood Critics Association. We are called We Talk We Crashed and we are breaking down the finale of this incredible series here from Apple TV+. So much fun diving into the madness of the world of the Newmans as they build WeWork and then crashed it all to pieces. And certainly we saw that happening in this finale. We're going to break it all down and talk about it for your listening or visual pleasure. I am one of your hosts. I am the outlaw, John Roke, and I'm joined by these two wonderful people from the HGA as well. The great Nikki Fowler. How are you, Nikki? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Ready? I'm doing great, Nikki. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> Nikki brought us a little treasure. Nikki, talk about these two things you brought. Oh, I brought in a gong um, and also some 1942 in honor of uh, We Crashed. Yeah. We'll have our own little celebration for the finale. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, someone who enjoys a good celebration joining us for this review as well. Griffin Schiller, how are you, Griffin? I'm great. Did you take this from the new office is this straight from no. work I put it we put in the work together <laughs> that's awesome that's so awesome uh, but like I said we're going to break this whole thing down and, and, and in a spoiler way so if you haven't watched the episode go and watch the episode come back and hang out with us and for those of you who've been watching us every week thank you so much for joining us every week we've really enjoyed your comments and your back and forth and we've enjoyed your emails when you send them we'll get to a couple of those comments later on in the show and respond to them here since this is our last show reviewing uh, this uh, great show uh, we crashed here on the uh, from Apple TV, but on HCA. All right, this one is called The One With All The Money, as Griffin pointed out before we started. It's got a Friends title to it for some strange reason, but maybe we'll find out why as we go along here. There's so much to discuss within this episode because we saw everything come to bear here. Now, finally, uh, finally, someone's got to pay this piper and understand that Adam Newman has finally written one too many checks that he cannot cash in this situation, and... And so much of his behavior is finally, people are calling him out. People, it's finally come to consequences for him. And the company is crashing as a result, hence the title of the show. We go through the S1 situation with his team, with Rebecca. We see We Grow shutting down. We see Bruce and Jamie and everybody involved going after Adam, telling him, hey, your behavior, your interviews here are causing us issues. That Wall Street Journal article comes out and absolutely destroys WeWork. And we see for the first time in this series, I think, a extended amount of time where Adam is not confident, is unsettled, is on his heels, is lashing out, and we see the ugly side of these two people who so supposedly wanted to save the world for altruistic purposes, and some of their really ugly natures come out as everything is starting to fall apart. We see accusations of spies, unnamed sources, a PR um, saving the brand team that gets hired, a crisis PR team that gets hired to handle all of this, and in the end... As Adam fights and fights to the end, he eventually steps down as CEO, but not without making sure he walks away with almost $2 billion as a golden parachute and screws over a majority of his employees as they lose out and we see them filing for unemployment. And then we end with uh, both of them going blind in the Dead Sea because they're crying about money. So, um, <laughs> Nikki, let's go to you first here. You know, you've been a big, strong defender of Rebecca, a big, strong defender uh, because you've read all the stuff that's gone on behind the scenes with this story. How did you feel this finale kind of wrapped up everything they... Um, presented to us in the first seven episodes of the series, and how do you feel about this series, or about this episode overall? 
Um, yeah, they had a lot to cram into this episode, mm. and I felt that they did that. Um, it was a lot to digest. Yeah. Um, it's the, you know, the Wizard of Oz. It's that curtain being ripped off of Adam Newman, and, um, you know, he's being attacked by the press and um, the employees and then the board, and he's just being shredded. And it was really interesting to see, and this is what I've been waiting for. How did he do it? How did he get this uh, parachute? Mm. And I love the, um, you know, the sparring between Masa and Adam. Adam, although we didn't see a lot of it, um, this is what I've been waiting for. So um, really interesting. I thought there were a lot of funny moments uh, with Miguel singing uh, Bob Marley, <laughs> trying to take Oof. the lead. And yeah. also um, the crisis PR yeah. part was just like wow. really hilarious, you know, where they're just coming in like, you know, you're not people, you're products. Um, so lots of juicy details <laughs> to go over. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, it will be getting through. Griffin, thoughts on this episode overall? Yeah. Nikki mentioned like the, all the stuff that they were dealing with here, all the stuff they had to go through, stuff with Miguel. What did you think about this uh, uh, series finale, but also this episode overall as an insular episode? As a series finale, I mean, it does what it needs to to kind mm-hmm. of wrap everything up. Uh, as an episode, I thought it was fine. Um, okay. It was just, they, as Nikki said, they crammed way too much into this episode that I don't think certain things uh, got the time they necessarily needed, mm-hmm. like the conversation with Masa, that they just kind of like tacked on there as like the epilogue almost. That I, I would have like to have seen a lot more mm-hmm. of that and that just felt weird also some of the 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 scenes and maybe the writing mixed with the acting felt very over the top and almost like cartoony mm. um some of that from Jared Leto kind of like losing his mind as Adam I thought it was just a little too much but then like yeah the crisis PR lady that like that felt like it was from a different show almost entirely um so a little bit of a mixed bag here I think uh as an episode but like as a so it's, you're saying there were colliding aesthetics for you as you were watching the episode yeah I think so okay. yeah and just stuff that didn't necessarily like match up with everything that we had seen prior yeah. like like to me this is the episode that kind of like stands out as as just like okay well we got to wrap everything up because we've kind of already laid the groundwork mm. and I, I felt like this episode you know uh, poetically like the Newmans kind of left uh, the reality from from a little bit just tonally yeah. a bit um, but there, that's not to say there weren't great moments. Right. Like you mentioned Rebecca and like saying, oh, have we finally gotten off of feeling bad for her? There were actually several moments in this where I actually kind of had a little bit of sympathy for her. The, the WeGrow stuff. The WeGrow stuff specifically. Yeah, in okay. this episode. Really? The WeGrow oh, yeah. stuff okay. specifically, I was like, okay, I could kind of, I can empathize with her a little bit. Um, I mean, they're, they're still delusional. They still have absolutely no idea the damage they're causing and it's really, really bad. Um, and I, I have issues with how the show kind of paints them at the end which we'll, we'll mm, get into yeah, definitely but uh i don't know like i think some of my sympathy kind of comes from when they're being just like raked over the coals in the public just for being them not mm-hmm. necessarily what they're doing because there are valid reasons to criticize these people for sure like right. they did horrible things to their employees but criticizing adam for not wearing shoes and like making fun of him you know, like knowing that he grew up on a kibbutz and stuff like that I, I love that line that rebecca says she's like okay he doesn't wear shoes he grew up on a kibbutz this is just how he is you know right. and then you know rebecca kind of it, she's a really easy target unfortunately in the show so i think like some of those parents coming at her or, like mm. saying like really mean things like look if i was a parent in that situation i'd probably say very similar things too because my kid's education is just being like gambled with but uh, i i I think because of how the show is is a story about them we Mm. can kind of get into their heads and like i under i think i know now that rebecca was being genuine with her actions and everything like that so 
uh, little moments like that that I think were were nice to kind of yeah. let us sympathize with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I liked the finale. I thought it, I did a nice job of laying down the groundwork of what was going on behind the scenes when all this started falling apart. We got to see how Adam reacted to that article, how they were kind of oblivious to the to the, to the complaints that people had about the S1, and we saw their ideologies come face-to-face with reality. Their ideas of like, well, we can just, you know, say self-help phrases over and over again, and that'll get us out of this situation when the reality is there are some things you have to come to terms with and I really like that one scene where they're being confronted with the S1 by their their mini team there and Rebecca scoffs when they say well when they want to elect a new board or when they want to they elect what they want the to yeah. Yeah. yeah she says well you can't hire just people who are working for you you've got to hire independent people that's a, the state law yeah. and she goes oh <laughs> Law. Let's just change it. Right, right. I, I, Let's just, yeah. This, this yeah. imperial I love that scene. Of, yeah, <laughs> there's so perfect. much in that but, scene. But also there's an element here because of that episode with her father, there is that element of like she does scoff at laws because laws destroyed her family, mm. destroyed her dad. So yeah. this idea of a hatred of what they want to see. So I like that you got a great uh, exploration of these two characters, even in this um, episode and more of the behind the scenes of what happened once they all turned on him, you know, once yeah. everybody turned on him, there was a lot to kind of uh, dive into here. So um, let's 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 start there with that storyline with Adam fighting to stay as CEO. That seems to be the main storyline throughout this episode. Um, and I'll, I'll go to you uh, first here, Griffin. Uh, the Wall Street Journal article completely destroys them. We see Adam at the beginning here trying to do a video, trying, you know, and we find out that it's a Hollywood team that's been brought in. He's trying to speak to the investors and what have you. But as Bruce and Jamie are confronting him as this goes along, Long, yeah. as his team is telling him how they're messing up as higher and higher it goes as, they, as he starts to lose the employees we see the desperation and the anger and once the crisis PR team gets involved then there's a real need for him to commit offense in order to play defense and that ends up shooting him in the foot yet again so throughout this episode it's very clear that as Jamie says to him Adam is his own worst enemy yeah, and then yeah. by the end he is humbled by Masa saying I will use all my power to keep you from being CEO before this thing becomes public or to keep it from going public. So every friend he's had in essence abandons him because he got too far into believing his own uh, poop didn't stink. And so, (laughs) and now he's, now he's having to confront all of this. So how do you think they handled uh, everything here with Adam throughout this particular episode? Yeah, it was was really interesting because I, I, I liked that, that stuff of it. And I, I thought it was, you could relate to him to an extent, right? Because it's like when sure. you have all these people kind of coming at you, you know, regardless, like taking the bad things that he did out of the equation, when you have a bunch of people coming after you saying, like making accusations and like saying these mm-hmm. things that maybe aren't entirely true, maybe they are true. I, I mean, he's just kind of backed into a corner and all he wants to do is just defend himself and say stuff. I mean, yeah. we see that in the PR room. He's mm-hmm. just like, no, tell them what actually happened. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Not saying anything is what's going to make this go away because right. you saying something is just going to give the, the press more fuel and everything like that. So... I mean, like it was, it was the it was the one rare moment where I was like, oh, okay, I kind I kind of can feel for Adam to an extent, even mm. though he put himself in this uh, situation. I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode was the scene where Jamie and Bruce confront him yes. in in the office yeah. because Jamie just comes in there and he's just like with two of his employees, yeah, right, yeah, with, right. with two of his employees, because that's that's the moment where like Bruce kind of is like, okay, you've screwed me over time and time again. I have put everything behind you, and you haven't given a single shit about what you what I've said or the you know advice that I've given you. And he's like. 
like, if you don't step down, I'm going to break your arm or yeah. something like that. Like, it was, or, yeah, step down he with the CEO. That's what know? he said, yeah. It was just like, oh, my God. Like, that was, I've been waiting for that from Bruce. But it's just like, he's he stood idly by for so long. And it's just like, yes, you need to push back against this guy. Um, and but he made a lot of money, though, too, yeah. Bruce. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, which, Benchmark made a lot of money off Adam of $16 million exactly. he put in. And right, they got right. out, you know, I don't know, how, how however many billions. And he was set to get another billion for the IPO. Yeah. So yeah. that's why he was, you know, lingering around, like not really saying anything. He right, was making, making a lot of money. money. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. does that take away a little bit? You said you've been waiting well, for Bruce to step up. I, but yeah. is Bruce stepping up because everyone else is coming after him? And now it's safe? I, I think he was, we all know those people who sit back and right, all of a sudden right. when everybody goes after them, they're like, yeah, you did it to me too. <laughs> it was like, what? You sat there idly and let it happen. I, I think he was given, he was really given no other choice. And, yeah. and also I think he just kind of, from from like a interpersonal relationship standpoint, he, it did not sit well with him the fact that like he had given Adam such a long leash and right. Adam basically like hung not only himself but Bruce with it, you know. Um, and and like even down to the fact was like once Adam is gone and they're having that meeting in the boardroom with Miguel and Cameron and they're trying to figure out what to do with the company and like the board's just like, well, what do you mean all this that and they're buying up like we have to honor these leases and they're like, well, you agree to this? I mean, it was just like that board was a bunch of boobs who just yeah. like believed in Adam and they were just like okay go ahead do whatever yeah. uh, but ultimately that's kind of what came to bite them in the ass but what I liked about Jamie it's the convenient excuse isn't it I right. mean, we yeah, saw yeah, not yeah. to get too political but we just saw Boris Johnson the Prime Minister of Britain claim that the reason he violated those COVID protocols for his parties, he didn't know they were protocols for his party. Yeah, right. it. It was, you it came was, up yeah. with them. So it's this idea, this idea of feigning ignorance when it's convenient in order yeah. to avoid responsibility. Yeah. A lot of people in power do that when it's convenient for themselves. Exactly. And the board was doing the same thing. No way they didn't know about this. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of the one side to Adam's argument where it's like you you're like, yeah, you're right. It's because Adam's like, well, you you didn't disagree with any of this. You signed off on all this. They signed off on the whole thing where it's like his super voting gives him 20 yep. votes on each share, which means that yeah. even if they kick him out, he's still in 65% of the company, so he's still he in charge. Like, right. It was a like, deciding vote. Like, yeah. that was insane. And it was just yeah. like, you guys did this to yourself by enabling him. So, like, yeah. it's just, I don't feel bad for, like, them or really Adam to an extent, but it is kind of funny how it all just blows up in their face. And like Cameron, who's kind of been this voice of reason comes in there and he's just like, you, you guys are idiots. Like <laughs> I told you this from the beginning that this yeah. is going to happen. And uh, lo and behold, it does. But uh, before, before I toss it back yeah. to you, the, the, Scene going back to that scene in the office with Jamie. I really like that though because Jamie's kind of been quiet the whole time. He's been very, you know, just like, mm -hmm. okay, whatever happens, we'll see what happens. Just like reserved banker. And then there he's like, well, okay, yeah, you can continue to be CEO, but if you're going to be a CEO, you're going to you're going to have to file for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose all your money, and you're just going to be uh, the the king of the ash pile. That's basically right there. So, yeah, he says you know. you'll lose you'll lose uh, the value. The valuation will drop. Yeah, the, you, you'll go bankrupt before you know it. And you'll lose all your shares will be zero, yep. and the three hundred and eighty million dollar personal loans, I think, is what it was, will get called in, and you won't be able to pay them. You'll be ruined yeah. forever. So yeah. yeah, just really powerful words. How did you mm -hmm. feel they handled Adam's story here in this final episode? Everything, you know, everything kind of coming uh, finally. Uh, the as I said, a comeuppance for Adam in essence for his behavior and his irresponsibility with the amount of money he was spending. Yeah, I think they showed a good amount of the irresponsibility, but mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen more. Okay. Like mm -hmm. um, with this opening scene where he's doing, uh, you know, he's trying to do this video yeah. for the investor 
roadshow that he is insisting to Bruce <laughs> yeah. that he's going to go on. Yeah. He can't find the words. He's struggling. Um, and in real life, they basically, there were like maybe three to four takes of that. And a quarter of a million dollars was wasted where he just wouldn't show up. So, you know, I would have loved to have mm. seen some of those details to really show how far he went with, um, you know, this behavior and this yeah. waste of money that could have went to his employees. That's a great um, point. Yeah, because it yeah. seems like it was all one day, but you're saying this happened multiple times. Oh, this times, was stretched messed, out. Messed yeah. out a bunch of, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and okay. just going back to Bruce in that boardroom yeah. where, you know, they're talking about the weed in the cereal box and they're talking mm. about the waste and, you know, he had no choice but to raise his hand to vote him out because it was going public. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was going into Wall Street Journal and BuzzFeed was writing, you know, mm -hmm. these hit pieces on him. So, yeah, um, yeah I think they did a, a really good job. But again, I would have liked to have seen more of the gritty details yeah. of, you know, what he actually did. How did you feel about Leto's performance as things were starting to shut down? And it, you know, it's so funny. That video was the first time where I made, it, it looked like they were trying to make him taller then he's actually been in the whole mm. series, which he is really interesting taller. from the shot from behind. So they, they finally uh, understood that this guy's actually six foot five <laughs> yeah. and try to make us think that he's six foot five. But what did you think about how his what his performance was like in this uh, episode in particular as we see everything kind of falling apart around him and he's reacting to it all? Yeah, I thought he, he was consistent through the whole series. Mm. I enjoyed his performance. Yeah. And the more I read and got to know about the real Adam Newman, I felt that he really embodied it. Uh, embodied Adam through yeah. consistently. Um, again, I think we've discussed on other shows that, you know, Anne's, she had so much range in emotions right. and, you know, dealing with so much. Um, but yeah, I think he pegged it. I think he, you know, did a great job. Okay. All right. Well, let's bring it back to you on this one. Adam and Rebecca dealing with the fallout and completely uh, effing people over here. We see you've been a big defender of Rebecca here, Nikki, and you've Gotta put your foot down at certain moments. And you've I've opened my fair. eyes. You've been fair. Yeah, you have been. And that's fair because I have been quite hard on both of these guys. So I, I feel like I'm in the middle between you both in that I'm the harder edge guy and you both try you both try to find a little more understanding in the situation. But we don't we see Adam and Rebecca kind of relying on each other as things are starting to mm -hmm. fall apart. We see Rebecca have an explosion of anger, which we had not seen, I don't think, the entire show. Something that mirrors her explosion of of um, pain when that boyfriend of hers is walking away from her when she's younger, defending Adam. We do see Adam being vilified for walking around barefoot, which he's done the whole time. So it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Everything that made you cute and interesting and a unicorn now all of a sudden becomes the object of ridicule when it's convenient or when everyone else is turning on you. But we see them rely on each other. We see their strength. You know, the two creators said to me, you know, like that love story was our window into this story. So what did you think about how they handled this relationship as this episode was going along and the stuff we got to see more of Rebecca getting vilified by those parents, um, calming Adam down, trying to stop him from taking the the actual literal board out of the room and walking <laughs> it down and you know trying to seem like he's not crazy, but pushing a board across the streets of Manhattan. And, and then by the end, you know, uh, standing by his side as he negotiates with Masa and then freaking out when Masa said he's going to stop them getting any of their money. Yeah, I think, again, Rebecca, her character... Um, as a role person mm. in this, you know, she, it was consistent. She was the voice of reason for Adam. Yeah. And she's able to calm him down and help him have the, the logic to move forward so that they don't end up with nothing. Right. Um, he was really spiraling. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that crisis PR scene, you know, you know, telling them what to say on the phone. I mean, he could have just lost it from there or gotten worse, you mm -hmm. know. So I feel that, you know, the relationship, there was just, it was a lot of 
juicy details mm-hmm. on their relationship. I feel they handled it well with the writing, and I felt like they, you know, you really saw the layers between mm-hmm. the two of them. Um, and the the love story, unfortunately, it is a love story, you it know, is. in all yeah. of the chaos. Um, and you know, down to the end, you know, that was really disturbing to see them howling in the in the uh, you know the car, oh, yeah. you know, with this you know payout, this buyout, um, and really no remorse for the employees that got left behind. And um, you know, in a real life, I always quote my little in you know real life interviews mm, with them, please. but it's really interesting how. Um, you know, the two of them were asked um, if they were going to give anything back to the employees, you know, just as, you know, as good faith. And they kind of said, oh, you know, they kind of alluded that they're doing it, but they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't find that believable. No. I just felt like if you're going to do something for the employees that you screwed over, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a good time to talk about it. Yeah, this is um, a good time to save yeah. your brand by talking about it. Exactly. Sure. So, um, yeah, I think the writing was uh, really well done on showing us a glimpse into their relationship. Okay, okay. let's talk about the Rebecca here. Yeah. Uh, you were mentioning how you felt bad for her when parents were calling her out. I didn't yeah. feel as bad because you're going to act flighty. Real people who got their feet on the ground are going to call you out yeah. for being irresponsible about their children's education and their lives. Yeah, you know? I, I think my thing is like when she's giving that speech, you feel how genuine she's being. You, you. I think it's the first time in the show where I actually believed in her passion for education and mm. like teaching people, which is kind of what she's been doing the whole time. So it makes sense. Wanting to teach the world in a small way, yeah, teach the children. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Fair. And fair. she's like, wants to allow these kids to be what she was never able to be. Mm. So it's like, I kind of start to understand why she was so passionate about the school and why she continued to be more passionate about the school when she's giving that speech. Like, mm-hmm. I, I fully believe that it's really affecting her as opposed to like earlier in the season where it's like when she would do stuff like that, I'd be like, mm, are you really like, like, is that phony or not? But I, at this point, I firmly believe that that she was devastated by what happened to WeGrow, not just from a financial and livelihood standpoint, but from like a belief standpoint. I actually saw that she believed in something. And it was ironic because it was like the day that the door is closing is the day where she finally seems to have like the, her mission statement together. And I'm like, oh, well, where was this? Like, you know, months <laughs> yeah. or whatever ago. Um but yeah, but on the flip side of that, yeah, these the, the, these parents in like allowed her to you know uh, mold the minds that's of these children. They, they put their children in her hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a fair point. Yeah, okay. So, but but also like I understand why they would be mad yeah, because right, again, sort of what I said earlier, they're gambling with a young person's education, yeah. and they've, that's yeah, they've lost the next year of enrolling their kids. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. I say they did it to themselves. Everyone I agree. has a choice. I agree. You know? well, they um, they yeah. knew it was experimental. They mm-hmm. knew it could go under. I yeah, mean, but yeah. I, she probably told them like, oh, don't worry about that. We we work is great. Mm-hmm. But they still chose to do that, similar to the board choosing to follow Adam and everything like that. You know, do you feel that way about the employees? They chose to work there. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So from from summer camp, yeah. so you don't feel three. as much sympathy for the employees. And <laughs> well, they hated the working end, there. They were writing papers about how it was like a horrible startup, and yet they continued to work yeah, there. Yeah, but that's, that's what yeah. I'm getting at. So, I mean, how much sympathy do we want to have for the employees? If we're, I mean, you got to stretch that all the way out. If you're going to have that point of view, sure. you've got to make it consistent. Which is, it, yeah, if the parents of the, well, these employees are adults. They went to work there. They knew it was a startup. They knew they might be taking a chance yeah. on this whole situation. So, how much sympathy are we supposed? They're to the have ones for these that employees? outed the, the new right, ones. The, you know, yeah. they're the 
the ones that have the ammunition, you know, you have to think about the employees. You know, not everyone has the ability to just go get another job. Right, Um, right. So when we get into that nitty-gritty, yes, I feel sorry for them. Um, But, you know, when you have evidence of uh, uh, yeah so i can't even talk about the sexual assault and things like that yeah. oh, yeah. turns That's out to be whole, real yeah, yeah i think you asked yeah. about that in yes. a past episode and i did research that and some of that is real and they barely so, referenced that in the show yeah. yeah that's kind of the issue with the story and through telling like as you said telling the story through this this lens is mm. that it kind of glosses over a lot of horrible stuff and almost glamorizes the newmans to an extent especially when we get to the end and they're like walking away with all the money yeah. howling and stuff like that it is disturbing mm. um and it's just it put a bad taste in my mouth because sure. it's like we're not supposed to be rooting for these people and it's like yeah okay you tacked on that thing of them getting ruined after they've gone on vacation with Masa but it just if it almost felt like an afterthought and then we have that post credits or not the post credits thing but during the credits with the view of actual you know Adam and Rebecca yeah. and them talking about their relationship and it's like okay what what do you what angle what is your angle here I guess right. is really the thing because it's like you're trying to have your cake and eat it too but it's not really satisfying uh, when this yeah. company was doing, like you said, sexual assault. The employees were getting just like absolutely destroyed. And it's like, yes, they chose to stay there. But like Nikki said, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that because you don't know everyone's situation. Right. right. You don't know. You yeah. don't know what, if they. Yeah, exactly. They needed to pay their bills. They couldn't yeah. find a job anywhere yeah. else. There are many women that are victims that yeah. have to stay. They have kids at home. And, yeah, you that's know, true. Single that's parent. All very that. good point. That's so. a, a, actually a fantastic. But point. some of the higher ups, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. he employed a lot of his family members who got axed when he was uh, taken out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were a lot of people, even Miguel, you know, he right. had a choice. Oh, Miguel, <laughs> <laughs> you simpering <laughs> fool. Anyway, uh, real quick. Um, let me go back on the Rebecca situation. Look, I, I go after Adam as well, and I want to make sure this is balanced. Adam did a lot of stupid stuff in this episode throughout this season, throughout the series, thinking that he could just keep spinning those plates and no one was ever going to stop the music. But with Rebecca, it seemed throughout this episode, when stuff was falling apart, she was obsessed with the shake. She was obsessed with them mm-hmm. sitting on her couch mm-hmm. and scuffing mm-hmm. up her floors. She wasn't really looking at the big picture. So this was the frustrating thing about it for me is this is someone who is only seeing it. Do we get it? And uh, Money-wise, don't touch my stuff. Uh, this kind of small mentality combined with this overall big picture mentality yeah. was really confusing yeah. to navigate for me at least. Because as you said, I was having trouble feeling sympathy for someone who was so seemed to be oblivious of how a big of a serious situation they were actually in. They didn't understand the concept of the board and they needed the yes. legal team to tell them that they could fire all, all of the board yeah, and hire yeah. them, which would have been devastating. But, you know, and then they're talking about Elon and Obama and yeah. she's saying, oh, Obama's that, that not getting Bill. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, just that whole scene. I'm like... That's another part of her obliviousness to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that goes to, you know, yeah. with her obsessing over her, you know, brush linen couch right. and, you know, people sitting on it. But um, she's not, she wasn't focused on, I mean, these are just basic things that I felt yeah. both of them should have known about. And, and that's the thing at the end, that's the tragedy of this whole thing is yeah. this could have really been revolutionary. I don't, Adam, if you're watching, it was not revolutionary in the way you were hoping. <laughs> and I don't mean to be Cameron, but certainly the possibility to be revolutionary was here. The combination of being, emo- being motivating to these people who are looking for a community to be a part of, something 
uh, pure, something idealistic, something that really had the overall fixing of the world and its intentions, but to forget to be aware of the basic foundations of the legal situations that you're in is certainly a massive crime uh, and a convenient thing to overlook because you're lost in this ethereal belief that somehow it's not going to matter in the end. And that's childish. There's and it's no plan. Yeah, yeah. there's no plan. They, they and Cameron to, came yeah. and said, and listen, I, I, I thought Cameron went bit, a bit too far, but Cameron was dropping truth here, yeah. saying like, and he got the employees on his side by the end of his speech, saying like, hey, you know, you guys thought, what did you think you were doing, changing the world? How are you going to change the world in an off a co-working space? Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. We have investors. Our job is to make money for these investors. That's what our goal is going forward. And you will be paid a decent wage. You will have a, a, a you know stock sharing options and all of that. Now, two days later, they were fucked and whatever. But like in that moment, he is telling them the unicorn doesn't exist. It, it never existed. And his children, you knew that, it, or you eventually realized that unicorns don't exist. You should have known. So it was a harsh reality check, mm -hmm. but I think one that was valid in in, in Cameron's approach. What did you yeah. think? Um, you know, their whole plan to save the world was really coming out of them needing more money to funnel through the company mm. because of their poor spending habits. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was that whole gist of Rebecca's, um, you know, change the world mentality. Yeah. Um, and I feel that only was going to take them so far in the real world, you know, and he just, he had access and privilege to a lot of money, um, especially because Masa was trying to build this vision fund um, and have, you know, this hundred billion dollar vision fund. And then he was trying to do another one. Right. So, and then we ultimately see that, you know, there's this um, sparring between the two of them yeah. because Adam has Masa cornered. Right. If, Adam fails. If WeWork fails, Masa fails. Um, so really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah what did you think about the? And that's great. Going into the next uh, story, that I want to talk about Jamie, Bruce, and Masa. How they were working throughout this episode, forcing Adam eventually to resign. And Adam, let me. I want to hear that. Adam has this one line that he says to Miguel when he sees him at the office late at night, maybe midway to the episode. Uh, when he realizes he's out of options, so he's going to vote himself off the board, even though he claimed he wouldn't, mm -hmm. he says, I'm going to do something that's right for the first time. So did he know he was making mistakes all along and doing things that weren't right for the first time? Or was yeah. he playing into Miguel's point of view about the situation? It's such an you interesting line. He had to. If he's, yeah. he's breaking the office. Yeah. He's breaking glass in the office. Yeah. He's, you know, he knows that he's the spending was wrong. You right. know, yeah. you have um, accumulated all of this leasing debt and it wasn't sustainable. I feel he absolutely knew it. Okay. So yeah. why defend himself then when he's talking to Bruce? I made your money. Blah, blah, blah. Why not just go, I get it. I Let's messed just, it up. I made the mistake. That's just the nature of him. I mean, right. we've seen that from the very beginning that he's coming up with, with excuses and stories for everything. I mean, he's, like a he's child. just like, yes. yeah, I mean, like he's, he's a sweet talker. He's a snake oil salesman. Mm. Like he's just like, that's, that's what he does. So it's, mm -hmm. it, I feel like that, He's like kind of a pathological liar too. I in, feel like in real life, he also burnt a lot of bridges. Yeah. Like those scenes where we saw him talking to the five founders or the other, you yeah, know, yeah, the board during members. that yeah. time. Uh, well, um, it was the the board other people in the the uh, leasing industry oh, right before oh, that yes. that big a couple uh, episodes ago. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but his snarky way of talking to people in real life, he burnt a lot of bridges and wasn't very nice to a lot of people. So snake oil salesman, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. The irony yeah. of saying you want to change the world, but you're a, you know, a massive jerk to a lot of people while you're doing it. Those are cross purposes. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the, the whole uh, writing of this show is kind of 
uh, poetically uh, as contradictory as like just them as a mm. company, you know, maybe, maybe that's just kind of the way that it, it came down to it. I, I, I don't know. But in terms of like Adam and Rebecca, I, I feel like they just wanted like maybe they started out somewhat with with noble intentions. But ultimately, I, I think when you get to the end and you see him with his kids and you see mm. them putting like family first, you could see that he wanted a way t- for his family to have a better life for yeah. like he want everything he was doing with with we work was for his family to prosper and he didn't really care what happened it was all to like put set them up for the best purposes uh, or or the best chance to succeed same with rebecca too with the school and everything like that so like they they were gambling with other people's money but i i think that it was all in a, in a way to for them to like uh i guess help their their family and and whatnot it's just you, you can't do that with a company where it affects literally everyone around you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel he learned towards the end. You yeah. know, he was trying to make amends, and, uh, you know, in recent interviews, he's talking about, um, fi- you know, he made a lot of mistakes, and we see that in this episode. You know, he's trying to fix it with Bruce. He's trying to say, you know, um, Rebecca won't, you know, she won't pick my successor. Right. I'm going to give the we, uh, we trademark money back, which wasn't the a we trademark. Mm. It was like we grow and all the other stuff yeah. under that umbrella. He gave that money back and he, he made some adjustments. Um, but, you know. <laughs> Y'all are too lenient than, more than lenient than I am. I oh, know. I'm just I'm just pointing it out to be fair. He, he was saying, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no, and it's you totally know. fair. But he was saying like. Look at all the things that I'm doing for you. And it was sure. seemed, he made it seem as if it's a gift rather than he learned the lesson. He's humbled now before oh, yeah. Bruce. I think, yeah. It was more like, look at how I'm doing this for you. Like, come praise me yet again. No, I, I, I totally agree with yeah. you in that scene. I mean, he was giving him really not. I mean, he was giving him like some stuff. Right. He was compromising to an extent. But these were... It was way past like the point of where he should have been doing this. Like he should have been doing that all along. And I, and just to be clear, I would saying that like they, he was doing all this stuff to like help his family prosper. I'm not necessarily saying that's a good thing because right. that screwed over everyone else's family. Right, it was right. it's the whole idea of like the the monarchy. It's all about the Newmans, yeah. not necessarily about anyone else and whatever they can do to kind of beef that family up. Then that's really w- what it comes down to. But even in that scene, he. Yeah. Talked- Walks down to Matteo, Matthew, and Jacob. And yeah. He's like, "You can listen to these two fools." This guy had cock written on his mm-hmm. head, and this, mm-hmm. you know. And then when they're going to have the conversation with, when he's going to have a conversation with Bruce, he tells uh, Matthew and Jamie to b- pull out some paper padded notes to take, or a pen rather, oh, yeah. to take notes about seeing how the adults work in the room. So there is this yeah. real. Both of them had this real shitty instinct to treat people like crap when they're. Uh, contradicted or put against the wall about something. Yeah, it's yeah. when they're called out, really. Yeah, they're called out. And, yeah, and yeah, rightfully called out. Called out. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like they almost realize, it's like, oh, you you said something valid, so I'm just going to, like, go off on a tirade and belittle you because I, I have no other option. And his ego is yeah, on his at ego. play. He's got yeah. two people that did have that written on their forehead and, yeah. you know, were yesing him. You know, they were just yesing him when they came to his house to say, uh, we have to talk about the S1. Yeah. Um, oh, it was great. You know, they both said it was yeah, great. They weren't really being totally honest so you know that's adam's ego not even wanting them in this room like they have no right to even be in this room yeah i want to go back to something you brought up griffin get your thoughts on this nikki what did you think about the crisis pr team did you feel like it was kind of out of the blue not quite following the aesthetic of the show it felt kind of all of a sudden took its left turn into this area and we didn't even hear about it until 
what, two minutes into the scene yeah. that they were a crisis PR. Yeah, and that's what a crisis PR team does. They yeah. come in when there's this major crisis and they're the fixers, yeah. you know? So I thought it was very, like, you know, they, they showed that. They mm -hmm. illustrated that. I thought it was snarky and hilarious because that's just how the industry is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the way she's talking about, you know, her team as, you know, the sharks are coming in. I, if I give them Adderall, you know, yeah. Yeah. all of those jokes, I was laughing. You know, I thought it was funny. Um, and then him battling them for power over how to fix this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I thought that was realistic, you know? Yeah, I and agree. I mean, it's orderly and we didn't see Adam doing things orderly. So now I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, this is when the real world's coming into play. Let me ask you about Miguel. Let's talk about Miguel. The other, uh, uh, you know, third central part of this whole team. We really never got too much of a comeuppance for Miguel and his no. passive aggressive approach I mean, he tried to walk out of the room and then didn't walk out of the room. He tried to make a big deal out of it yeah. uh, with the Wall Street Journal article. <laughs> and then, you know, all this. And in the end, he has this nice exchange with Adam. And he says, oh, I love you. I always loved you. I always believe in you, blah, blah, blah. And then we find out at the end, well, and then Miguel has that terrible scene where he's trying to sing, as you guys mentioned, uh, Bob Marley, which is so funny. But in the end, Miguel, we see in the post-credit stuff that Miguel and Adam got together and celebrated when the when the company went public in 2021. It's what he was and, holding on for. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, what, why are you celebrating with Adam who sank it to the ground? But this, there's a real, almost like a Stockholm effect of this relationship <laughs> between both of them. Because in essence, he made Miguel his prisoner. Uh, you know, yeah, it was crazy. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. I'm not sure how much Miguel had in shares, but yeah. I'm sure he got a pretty yeah. penny. So. I well, he couldn't buy yeah. that painting, but he could buy other things, I suppose. You're yeah. right, yeah. I feel like he was invested in it at mm -hmm. the beginning, and then there just came a point where he was just along for the ride and checked out. He was just like, okay, let's see where this goes. It's probably, the ship is probably going to sink, but like, I, yeah. I'm still going to walk away with money. So I think that kind of explains his passiveness a little bit, but like, I, I also just like that the Bob Marley cringe scene because oh my just, God. it just kind of shows that it's just like, you know, yeah, Adam was really hurtful and saying like, who's going to run this company, Miguel? Like, no way. Like, yeah. that's not going to happen. But it was like, when you see that scene, you're like, yeah, he he he's not a leader. Like he's yeah. the, he's the the brains and the workmen. Like he's one of the he's really like one with the employees. He built the foundation, yeah, and the, and yeah, the blueprint yeah. for it. But you're yeah. right. Like Adam said, who is going to be the CEO? A couple episodes, or maybe last episode. Yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can walk into a room and come out with twelve million dollars. This guy can't do that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Which you definitely get a sense for that here. But yeah. I mean. Overall, I don't know. I kind of walked away and I was like, yeah, this guy kind of sucks. Like, he's just like, <laughs> I mean, and I have no idea. And like, very well acted. Very yeah, well acted. Kyle, Kyle did great. Yeah, that is not a dig against the actor. That yeah. is just like. Kyle the, did great. Yeah, the character. Um, and I'm, I'd be really curious to see how much. Uh, of this is like actually what the real Miguel was like because they did a really oh, good yeah? job of like keep making everyone seem like Adam or Rebecca mm. or this person that person. So if this is really what Miguel was was like, then uh, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. He was think? what an architect for like H and M or something yeah. when they met. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, Kyle was hilarious. I mean, from yeah. his, yeah. you know, I guess when they were doing the, um, the dancing to the Harlem shake and he's, you know, mm -hmm. he's just so animated through the whole series. Um, but yeah, Miguel's like kind of lackluster. I mean, he just was the guy who was along for the ride right. and made quite a bit of money and, um, yeah, turned the other way yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he saw ugliness. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, and and Rebecca did the same thing. Right? Whenever things are getting scary, she runs out of the room or gets out of the room or runs away. Can't have the negative thoughts in there. So you see that. Well, so with Miguel too. Yeah. And and I think her other issue is she mixed business with her personal life entirely mm. too much. So like when we get that scene where uh, AOC is kind of talking about. Oh my the god, I love that scene. Great scene. And so then Re- Rebecca is all like, I donated to her campaign. This yeah. is such like a oh personal. Oh my god. Fa- she's like, it's just you know she takes that as just like this massive just like I bought her attack I bought right? her what the hell yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and so she's I, I think this is something that's kind of been happening throughout the series but that is really like the mm. the pinnacle of it where it's just like okay well this is what happens when you mix work with your personal life yeah. and you you conflate the two it's like you're gonna get your feelings hurt I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is, especially when you're messing with people's livelihood. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let's talk about the last few minutes of the, of the of the episode here. We have Cameron realizing they are totally screwed. He's got to go ask for money from the same board that just ousted Adam. And we, who, those of us who don't know this story that well, we get an incredible twist here, which is I thought was really well done by the by the creators of the show and the writers of the show and the directors as well. Like, there's this scene here where we realize, and Cameron, re- we realize with Cameron that Adam has set this situation up for himself to negotiate a buyout for himself over with Massa, over Bruce, and with SoftBank. And Cameron is just absolutely shocked. We thought initially that Cameron had won the power game with Adam, and then this scene happens, and we realize Adam actually won the power game. Because I would venture to say he probably made more money than than Cameron might ever see in his lifetime by pulling the moves that he pulled in this yeah. situation. And then we see the Masa, the back and forth with Masa, um, and we see the board kind of feign ignorance about everything that was going on. What did you all think about how this whole um, thing ended and the twists and, and, and everything, Nikki? What'd you think? Um, really interesting. You know, I didn't. You know, I didn't know this, but um, they mentioned that Adam was accelerating. Uh, yes, releasing Miguel right reveals to go to the IP. Uh, yes, sorry, go go through ahead. IP, yeah. IPO, and so they're cash strapped. Yeah. <laughs> they literally had two months to pull this money together to save the company. So obviously, they didn't go IPO right away. But the deal that he got, um, you know, the negotiations. I mean, I thought that was, you know, I loved how it played itself out on camera, mm-hmm. how, you know, now we're met with, you know, he gets to duel with Masa and right. he has something over him. And in real life, um, when the, um, I guess when the Wall Street Journal article hit, Masa was doing like some convention in Pasadena or somewhere with Ariana Huffington and oh, all wow. these people, um, you know, kind of pumping up the Vision Fund yeah. or Vision Fund 2. And he was just so humiliated mm-hmm. with this news coming out and, and the board was going crazy his investors were going crazy um so really interesting that he had to save his um his his butt (laughs) as far as um you know making this deal with adam and this you know 975 million you know to buy his shares and um the 185 million as a consulting fee and then the 500 million for his personal loans um so that's a lot (laughs) yeah the irony is this is the one moment where Adam actually turned a profit mm-hmm. in a situation for himself. And, and it was profit. it was using traditional business tactics. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So so he knew how to do traditional business stuff. He just wanted to keep pushing the boundaries, push the boundaries. And as you said, Nikki, I think you so well, the ego situation gets involved here. And certainly he wanted to see how far he could go yeah. uh, he, in order to inflate his own ego was, and accomplishment. He was silent on the phone the way Masa was silent on the phone when he mm-hmm. first had that board meeting mm-hmm. with That's him. Right. So the tables turned, you know, the tables turned. Those are always yeah. nice moments in life, aren't they? <laughs> 
something. Um, what did you think about these final uh, few scenes here uh, with everything and the explanation that happened here with Adam? Uh I didn't. I didn't like how they villainized Cameron uh, because. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I feel like they, they just kind of went overboard with that. It's like, okay, yeah, you need to bring him in and like have him give these people a dose of reality. Mm. But it was like, but it was like that coupled with the with the Newmans getting off and like riding off into the sunset, where yeah. I was just like, why are we like villainizing the person who's part of the cleanup crew who's trying to help all these people keep their jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're just like showing this kind of, uh, you know, heroic moment of the Newmans just like, okay, well they get to go and uh, live their life and everything like that. Yeah, were was... we supposed to feel that they're the protagonists in a good way of this series? Because, you know, they got it over on the big companies and the yeah, big corporations. I think there's a bigger message. I think, okay. you know, I keep asking myself, you know, how many companies are getting away with this and yeah, we just true. don't know about it. And you've mentioned too, there are certain people that have with the leasing and, you know, yeah. the little side hustles yeah, yeah, side uh, hustles. in the public eye. We won't name any names, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting and it makes you think of, you know, is this so bad? Because, you know, this whole challenge with Masa and Masa mm. was using him just as much as he was using Masa. Masa, but you know, it just makes you think about the bigger picture of how much goes on, and you know, these people don't get caught. It's an excellent point, Nick. I mean, this idea that if you're a dynamo or a unicorn or a you know a, a hurricane coming through, it's a lot easier to pay attention, dissect, and criticize you because you're really out there. But if you've been doing this for decades and decades and decades as a solid financial institution in this company, buying politicians in this country, rather buying pol or this world, buying politicians, buying favor buying influence don't you deserve the same amount of criticism or does it feel because they've been around for such a long time it's harder to criticize and cause any kind of effect because they seem almost insurmountable overwhelming i mean what, what does it kind of say about the private sector that they are like always after these unicorns but they're not willing to change their business tactics that's a good point you know yeah, yeah. That, that's sort of what i look at because because this was happening right as uh what was it like uber and slack yes. and all these other companies yeah, and, were uh, Peloton, yeah, yeah, Peloton. They were they were going through. They they were going public, and like their, you the know, valuations dropped, dropped yeah, yeah. significantly. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, on one hand, it's like okay, these people are the 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 industry is always after um, you know, the next big unicorn or whatever mm -hmm. that's gonna like, you know, catapult them to the stratosphere. But at the same time, they're kind of like holding them back because of the same uh, you know, principles that they do business by. Yeah. So it is kind of just like an interesting juxtaposition there i mean i don't really have an answer for it because i think that we work was doing a lot of bad stuff uh in the private sector and being in the private sector not being a public company yeah. allows you to get away with a lot of stuff but like the unorthodox i guess like operating system that they have the principles that they're they're running by i don't know maybe there is something to that just yeah. within reason you know obviously it can't be an ego trip or or something but right yeah i don't know it's just something fascinating for sure yeah yeah for sure um any uh criticisms uh here for as we wrap up the um uh, finale here of this season any criticisms that have stood out or that have bothered you now that we've seen all eight episodes that weren't quite resolved or didn't quite hit the mark as you were hoping um no too much. I, okay. The ending for me was, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, them in the Dead Sea. Um, it was maybe a little underwhelming towards the end. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, that's how it ended. <laughs> but yeah. overall, I, I did love the episode and the series. But uh, okay. maybe I would have liked more of a, I don't know, <laughs> edge of your seat 
you know, ending. Yeah, yeah. Fe- feelings about the series overall, though. You oh, liked it. I loved it. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. I mean, I have Katy Perry in my head. It's going to take a while <laughs> to get that out. <laughs> so, yeah. love the music and, uh, yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. The score version of Roar was fantastic. It <laughs> yes. was popping up in this episode. Yeah, on, on that topic, yeah. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Christopher, Christopher and Nicholas Bangs, who did the score for the entire series. His score yeah. was so, so good, super effective. Uh, even if it made me question the emotions I was, you know, wanting to feel in that moment but i just i don't know what else he scored but i will be uh curious to see what he does next because i really liked his music in the in the series but i agree with uh, what uh, griffin was saying here this the playing the video at the end kind of undercuts the scene you had with them in the dead sea where they're Mm -hmm. blind and screaming crying about money and that they can't see which is a little too on the nose that they couldn't see you know Uh, but but the video at the end makes it seem like you're supposed to care for them again um, because of how he's telling the story with Rebecca there yeah. about how she influenced him. But it also made me think of the fact that if you watch any interview with Adam, he repeats that story ad nauseum in every interview, literally note for note. So what you've got is a very prepared guy who knows how to snow people and get money. And we're not done with them, I think. And I don't know. Do you guys think there'll be a, a second season? I'm not sure. I think they've okay. covered most of this story in this yeah. this uh, series, um, this you know season. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Adam is still, you know, he stepped down from the board. And, yes. But he was still... A, some level of executive, like a chairman or something. I don't mm-hmm. know if he still has that role, but yeah. you know, he still had his fingers in WeWork, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. What, do you think there'll be a second season? No, no, okay. no, no. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> unless he goes off and does like some crazy thing and like it makes headlines, right, and then it's right. like, oh, there's your second season because it's like the second season of the show is ongoing in his life right That's now. True. So That's it's true. It's just like, yeah. th- there's not really it's been much. two years since this thing happened. Yeah, I, I guess that was the thing that when, when I started the show, I didn't realize how like recent a lot of this stuff was. Right. Like, not that the 2010s are super far away, but like it started, you know, 10 years ago or, or over 10 years ago at that point, And then just like, kind of like they just went public what last year or something yeah, like yeah. that. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it kind of was up, up to that point. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there'll be okay. a second season. Yeah. Uh, if I can throw any criticism out there is I would like to see a companion show that explores it from the employee's point of view, both positive and negative. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. certainly some employees really, uh, got positive, uh, stuff out of this uh, experience with WeWork and were able to create whatever they created. Um, and then seeing from the negative side, because we got Chloe, we got uh, Matthew, we got uh, Jamie, a couple other people who are involved here as employees, but or Jacob, sorry, not Jacob, Jacob. But we didn't get to see more fully what their experience was like here with WeWork. And I know that their love story was the way in, but as I said earlier, would have liked to have seen just a yeah. little bit more of them. Yeah, we do see Chloe with the looking at the bag. We hear she lost $5,000 on the bag, so she did buy the bag and all of that. Um, and the guy, the rich guy who gets money from his parents goes, I feel bad because I talked her into it. But he doesn't say... I'm going to help her help, uh, you know, <laughs> compensate the 5,000 yeah, she lost. Right, no, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Once again, another rich person not taking responsibility for what they influence someone to do. So very interesting microcosm of the show in that moment. So, uh, but we did get comments from you all. We've loved having comments from you guys over the last few weeks from uh, these episodes. So let's kind of wrap up the show by talking about one of these comments. Sydney Rodriguez, she sent in, says, uh, this series is so fascinating, and I love your show. Thank you, Sydney. An insight you all brought to each episode. My question for you is, what aspect of the WeWork story would you like to see explored if there was a future series? I think I answered yeah. it yeah, by saying, yeah. the, seeing it from the employee's point of view. What, what about you two? 
No, I agree with you. I think that's really the only piece of the puzzle that's like missing here mm-hmm. is just like that that ground level perspective uh, because that, in my opinion, would probably paint a very different uh, picture of the whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I think that's really because it's not like Benchmark would be that interesting because they're kind of like in the weeds with Adam to an extent. Right. I mean, maybe Masa like seeing like just like a something about Masa and how he gets entangled with WeWork mm-hmm. that would just be interesting just to learn more about him as a right. person because obviously he's more than just what's going on with WeWork. Yeah, so. that could yeah. be interesting too because we'd see it through the prism of Japanese business exactly. constructs yeah. And, yeah. and requirements and how it goes through that. And, and certainly having Masa deliver that question to Rebecca was fantastic. Yeah. Who's the one that wins? Uh, the smarter one or the crazy one in a fight? No, it's the one with all the money. Yeah. And that's, a, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, what do you think, Nate? What would you want to see if they had a, another series? I agree. I would love to see the Masa and the Vision Fund mm. or a show explain Exploring his vision fund and all of that and all the companies involved and the employees and but I've definitely had my fill of Adam and Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I don't think I could watch mm-hmm. anymore. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm done. It's That's, been fun though. It has been. Yes, I've really enjoyed the series as well, and, yeah, and yeah. as you two did, and it was fun to break it down every week with you all. This has yeah. been a, such a blast to have fun with uh, with you two here, and also to kind of dive into this world. Now I'm going to get the book that you recommended. Yeah, definitely going to read, read and find more. Of that going to re-listen to the Wondery podcast that this show was based on. Recommend you all doing that as well. And maybe a rewatch of this series is not a bad idea to catch more of the nuance and the innuendos and the smaller moments that mm-hmm. were being teased for the overall effect down the road uh, from the uh, two creators and from everybody involved in the show as well. So um, are we gonna? I think we got to hit the gong, don't we? We got to hit Rebecca? the gong. You got to do it, Rebecca. You got to do it. Rebecca, you got to do it. Oh, no. Adam, get out. I'm Rebecca. Someone's got to hit the gong. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, don't hit the gong. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to hit the gong. Is that how it works? All right, we're going to hit yeah. the gong here. Can you see me in the camera? <laughs> <laughs> We work. We work. We work. There you go. There's a gong. Oh, man. Um, so thank you all so much for joining us. But before we wrap up, We've got a nice bottle of tequila sitting <laughs> 1942 here. and some Baccarat yeah, glasses. We, we, okay, <laughs> I was this, wondering if you were going to This open is the that one up. from the show, or one of the ones from the show. It's a smaller version of it. So we are going to open it up and actually have a shot to kind of celebrate. And we're not going to measure. We're just going to pour like Adam Newman. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh Don boy. Julio 1942, right? Okay. Yeah. 70% out. No, I'm just joking. It's 40%. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Is that how it works? It's not going to blow yep, up my I've face? Yep, it's already unwrapped, so. Oh. I have to drink my water. Oh, that smells fantastic. Yes, you drink your water. Yeah, we <laughs> Cheers. Oh, I've been finished with mine for a while. <laughs> don't mix it. All right, you tell me when. Perfect. Okay. Oh, sorry. Really? Yeah. That is good. Jesus. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to have a little da- a little bit. I didn't realize how much you put in there until after you put yeah. it in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what we work for. It was like, that was like at an angle. I was like, oh, yeah, that looks right. Sure. <laughs> and I hate tequila, so this is great. Oh, this is going to be great. All right. Cheers. Cheers. To the Cheers. finale and yeah. to the, everyone that's tuned yes, in. to everyone that tuned in and joined us. We appreciate it madly. Ah, yep, as strong <laughs> as I remember it. Oh my god! All right, well, that's damn yeah, good. Yeah, right. Right. That's, wow. All right. <laughs> We've converted someone. 
That's for damn sure. Well, uh, let us know what you thought of the finale. And let us know what you thought of our ideas and reviews and uh, points of views on the finale down in the comments section below. Let us know if we missed anything. If you'd like, if you'd wish we talked about other aspects of the show, we do look over these comments and it helps us for other after shows to kind of get that into our frame as into our minds rather as we're reviewing shows so we'd appreciate that madly make sure you like this video share it on your social media and of course subscribe to the channel down below hit that subscribe button and hit that bell button and that like as well and when you share it make sure you put the hashtag we talk we crashed and let's try to get as many people as possible to watch this review maybe go back and watch the other episodes as well for nikki fowler and for griffin schiller i am john roca thank you so much for watching we talk we crashed here on the hollywood critics association youtube page we'll talk to you next time